Hello, and welcome to Talking Points, the podcast from Influence Weekly, which reveals talking points from inside the offices of its readers, like us. We're Christine and George, George. and we are the... Beauty influencers. <laughs> George has been in the beauty space for nearly long time. 40 years now. Uh, not to age him out, but uh, he's... It's not anti-aging anymore, <laughs> okay? That's not correct. But George has a weekly newsletter himself called This Week with George Leeds. So if anyone's interested in uh, getting delving deeper into the beauty space, they can check us out by signing up on thebeautyinfluencers.com. And we love the whole influencer space, but really our DNA is the beauty influencer space, which is uh, such a robust category. And if you've had anything to do with the beauty business, you know that this is uh, the future of the beauty business within uh, the social media umbrella. And uh, I think we're here to comment today on a number of the uh, subjects that were touched upon in this week's newsletter. Right, number 82. Um, and we are really going to focus on beauty this week, so we're going to skip over some of these uh, articles, which are fabulous to read but don't necessarily pertain to beauty. Um, but I did want to comment on the Fashion Influencer Survey, um, which I thought was terrific. Uh, it's by the, two, it's the 2019 Global Fashion Influencer Study, uh, published by socialpubly.com, which I think must be in Europe. Um, there were three questions that, that or three topics that they posed. Uh, where are influencers turning to for fashion, inspiration, and ideas. Um, and they listed who the top influencers are and the most popular ones. And, and it was a very interesting study to read, and I encourage everyone to read it. Um, but we turned to our own fashion influencer, Walter Harvin, who is on Instagram, at SoberYoungWalter, S-O-B-E-R-Y-U-N-G, Walter, W-A-L-T-E-R, uh, because we wanted to hear what he had to say about this study. Uh, Walter is a, an Uber New Yorker. Uh, he has a magazine uh, which we love called Uncommon, the Uncommon Magazine. He also has Uncommon Radio. Uh, and he's really on the pulse of what's going on and what's coming uh, in terms of the Gen Z audience uh, and, and, you know, kids from Parsons and and you know who are studying design and what, what you know what they are doing and what they are looking at and so we always like to check in with Walter um, and I thought that was interesting because uh, this this study actually says that obviously uh, Instagram and Pinterest and then they mentioned uh, 21 buttons are the top three favorite social media platforms for inspiration ideas uh, by Gen Z and Millennials, but Walter actually mentioned Tumblr to us, which I thought was interesting that he's that he's looking to Tumblr um, because I don't think that that's on any of our radar screens. Um, so I think that I'll be checking that out uh, in the near future. Um, also, when it came to uh, where where this generation is purchase making purchases, fashion purchases. Uh, the study referenced that 50% uh, 
approximately are online and 50% are in-store. Obviously this generation loves the in-store experience and they love to be able to post uh, from stores now. So retailers are uh, trying to create experiences like these uh, by having people spend more time at retail. Coffee shops are emerging and uh, all kinds of um, uh, experiential retail, obviously. Uh, but Walter told us that he, when he makes purchases, he's going online and also, and, and he referenced Barney's in particular, which I thought was interesting, uh, and third-party reselling websites like Grailed. So I think we need to look at that a little bit more. Well, let's not forget Real Real just uh, launched this week, and the stock was up 40% on <laughs> exactly. the first day. So, uh... so that's not going unnoticed. Um, I also asked him what his favorite designers are now and who he's looking at for inspiration, and he said uh, he, he agreed Off-White and Gucci were still uh, ones that he follows, um, but he also talked about Heron Preston, who is, I believe, a friend of Virgil Abloh's, uh, and was nominated by the CFDA this year for uh, uh, up and coming for rising rising designer that we should all be watching. I think he was just in Paris with shows as well with his own show. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and of course, with this being Pride uh, Pride Month, uh, LGBTQ plus exactly. We've got to put. The plus in there now because uh, there are intersexuals and all kinds of genders that that encompasses. Well, this is very much the DNA of, uh, of, of beauty. It's always been, in, in my estimation, inclusive. I think the first company really did to go out and embrace the community with wide, uh, arms wide open was Mac. Yeah. Um, if if you know if you're different, if you're not accepted, if people look at you in a weird way, if you think differently, come join us, be part of our team, and that's what Mac did, and they inspired and empowered people that didn't feel they had a place. And I'm just talking what my observations are. Right. So it's not. Um, uh, it doesn't come as a surprise to me that after 25 years, the Viva Glam uh, charity, which is 100% of, of the proceeds of the Viva Glam lipstick, goes to charity, and they hit the $500 million mark uh, for, the, uh, for the money that had been given away. And it's also a number of other anniversaries. I forgot that it's, it's RuPaul's uh, 25th anniversary of his affiliation uh, with Mac, and really, I think that was a defining moment for the brand, uh, and I think that will continue to be uh, going forward. So it was just really a very special, uh, uh, a special day for the industry, special week, special month. Absolutely. And, and I think that that will continue to resonate with our audience, and I think it's very clear. And I think what was really good on the newsletter was it spoke about how this has really flourished. Uh, on YouTube uh, and Instagram to, to a certain respect uh, for people finding a home where they were not, didn't have a home before. Right. And these communities, it's very important to have the support of a community and like-minded people. Absolutely. So No matter what uh, you're dealing with in life, it always helps. 
and it's it was interesting to see that that was those were the points that were resonating with the uh, creators that um, this this article spoke to, um, and 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 you know Reed Wetmore saying that that YouTube's been a lifeline for the transgender uh, community is amazing. Um, but if I might comment on a business aspect of that too, and I think it's sort of interesting. Uh, because it really has transformed the industry, the beauty industry, in many ways that I don't think anybody saw that that or anybody had a vision as to where we would be and uh, where the the influencers. We still don't know, or I don't know, uh, what the next chapter is. It, it's the the growth is amazing, but uh, it's quite interesting to note that uh, you, you know on YouTube. Uh, you have the ability to express yourself. You have the video. Uh, a lot of influencers have gotten a lot of traction there, become brands in their own right. But when it comes to doing retail, you have to go to another site. And of course, uh, paradoxically, uh, Instagram, um, you um, now can buy seamlessly. So they seem to be... Um, where Instagram is a better retail partner, YouTube maybe is a better um, uh, platform for showing what can be done, particularly for color cosmetics. Right. I mean, color cosmetics, makeup, uh, beauty is is really at home. It's color. It's your face. And it's not about being beautiful. It's about being yourself and how that manifests itself. And, and I think nothing shows that better than YouTube. And I think now, too, with the uh, uh, augmented reality that we've had a really, this is just an amazing opportunity to engage with your followers and, and, and like-minded people. Not only can you have a dialogue, a discussion about products, you know, you can now try them. And that really, that relationship just gets closer and closer. And I don't even think we're scratching the surface of where we're going to see that go in this but interesting business. interesting that Mac is leading the pack there, too. Well, yeah, I was just going to comment. They were the first one using augmented reality in the store. Now, I am jaded. I've been in the business a long time. And when anybody says they're first, I know I'm going to get more and more comments and emails. <laughs> no, I was the first. Let me say this. Mac, and we were down at the Soho store, was the first industry event I attended that showed us augmented reality uh, in the store at the point of sale. That's so that was the first experience. So I, I got to give that to Mac. So, uh, but so they, uh, they'll give them the blue ribbon on that one. But just getting back to this uh, transgender article again, um, I thought Aaron's point, uh, or the point about Aaron and Sweeney, uh, a transgender creator who dis discussed uh, disability, mental health, and art on his YouTube channel said posting on the platform had helped his self-esteem and confidence so much. And I, I, I really think that, you know, there's so much more that needs to be um, discussed when it comes to mental health and and the impact of social media on our mental health. And, um, and so I really am excited about the uh, documentary that, Danny Donnelly of Pure Media and I are working on uh, and, and delving deeper into the space this year um, to talk about these issues and obviously 
what the Hope for Depression Research Foundation is doing with with um, with mental health and depression and bullying. Um, so I'm excited to be. Uh, yeah, and I want to talk more about this, or I really have some questions. And again, every day for me is is learning. Uh, Instagram therapists are now the new Instagram poets. Yeah, I, I want to dive down deeper into that. Um, we should, so yeah. next week I will comment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so going through these next, uh, I think we talked a little bit about InstaShop, how Instagram wants to connect dots from users to retailers. George, that's sort of. I, I, I just love, I love that. Uh, Adam Asiri stressed that shopping was long term plan that would require significant infrastructure. Instagram needed to work with payments provider providers in each country for example buyer protection features the an inventory system management integration would also need to be introduced he said so yeah this is you know a, a, you know I, I was at the women's wear daily influencer summit this week and christy dash was there and she was talking about how instagram is definitely going to delve deeper into the whole shopping um uh, you know, uh, platforms and the ability to do that as seamlessly as possible. So I think there's more coming from Instagram on that. Oh, there's no thing. doubt. I mean, I, I think about the inventory nightmares those those supply chain guys are going to have. But, you know, that's why they make the big bucks. <laughs> I'm done for the day. Thank you very much. I'll be back to you next week. If you want to hear about beauty 24-7, please check out uh, thebeautyinfluencers.com and sign up for my newsletter.